Welcome back to The Bracketologist. I am your host, Ben Walnick. I'm here with Aaron Newell. Aaron, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. I'm you're, excited. You're more excited about this subject than the first podcast that you're on. Yes, and I actually did work this time, so. <laughs> we are prepared. Yes. Um, recently just did the Movie Trilogies podcast, and even though this wasn't a trilogy, it sparked in my mind. We should talk about the Harry Potter movies. And so that's what we're going to do today. Um, it makes it a very convenient bracket that they split the last book because there were seven <laughs> books. So we have eight films, which makes it very easy for us to dive deep and talk about uh, starting with the elite eight of Harry Potter movies because we're leaving out Fantastic Beasts as its own thing that hasn't finished yet. So maybe eventually we'll be able to talk about, I think there's going to be 13 total including those five. Oh, I thought you said there's 13 of them. 13 Fantastic Beasts would be aggressive. Um, be insane. Once again, how this works, uh, I'm the bracketologist. I am going to choose what eventually wins the matchup, even though it's probably going to upset Aaron. Um, but uh, I did not do the seeding this time. Uh, sometimes when we do movies, we use Rotten Tomato scores, and that's what we have done here. So if you're angry about the seedings that you're about to hear, um, you can blame the movie critics because they're the ones that uh, ended up choosing this. So let's dive right in. Uh, we only have eight, so I can go ahead and tell you exactly what the bracket is so you can kind of picture these movies in your head. We have our number one overall seed, which is Deathly Hallows Part 2, The Final Battle. And our number eight seed is Deathly Hallows Part 1. <laughs> so convenient that Deathly Hallows goes against each other with our only split book in the opening round. We have our four seed, The Half-Blood Prince, book six, versus our five seed, book two, The Chamber of Secrets. Our two seed is Prisoner of Azkaban, that is book three, versus book five, The Seven Seed, Order of the Phoenix. And lastly, our number three seed, Goblet of Fire, which is book four, versus the first book in the series. And depending on if you bought it in England or if you bought it in America, either The Sorcerer's Stone or The Philosopher's Stone. Um, and that is our six seed. So are we going to be talking about like the book, the comparisons to the books as well, or is this just the movies? I think, um, and that's producer Justin Kim on the mic. <laughs> uh, I think we'll discuss a little bit of what the movies changed from the books because uh, both of us have read all of the books as well. Uh, Aaron just finished. Just finished. It was great. <laughs> um, but I think ultimately it comes down to what you think about the movie, but you could have some feelings about what they've changed and what they shouldn't have changed that yeah. makes you not like that movie as much. Okay. So it's a part of the discussion, but we're it could be a completely different yeah. discussion about it's, yeah. it's my favorite like book is not factor. my favorite movie. We'll put it like that. Okay, let's jump into it. Deathly Hallows. So we have part two, which is the one seed, yeah. versus part one, our eight seed. Uh, vastly different rankings from Rotten Tomatoes, even though it's the same story. What do you think about these movies? Honestly, I feel like this is super, like it's super easy. Deathly Hallows too. So okay, I think the whole Deathly Hallows storyline is really good. I mean, it has the added bonus of it looks the nicest because it's ha at this point has the most movie, has the most fans behind it, so it looks the nicest overall. I think the they really got more into the element of like storytelling and like filming and all this whatnot. <sighs> But I don't, just the first one felt a little boring. <laughs> yeah, it's which is it's, crazy. That's when most of the stuff happened. But it, it honestly, it might be like the best acted movie because oh, like yeah. there's a lot going on. There's a lot of emotions. There's they're in a lot of different places. I think overall, Deathly Hallows has some of the strongest acting because the kids are like 17 and 18 years yeah. old now. They're just better actors, more experience, and um, more in their characters. There's some major issues 
um, with what they changed from the book, in my opinion, on some mm-hmm. of these. Um, one, like you never get to see the goodbye with the Dursleys where like literally yeah. Dudley like says, thank you for saving yeah. my life. Which is his only redeeming moment in yeah. the whole series. And so, they took like, it away. They just basically made him, he's just yeah. a pure villain. Um, and interesting, Justin, why don't you throw just in 30 seconds the theory that you heard or you read online about why the Dursleys were just such jackasses towards Harry? Oh, yeah. So in Deathly Hollows 1, the, the movie that we're talking about right now, they mentioned that being in proximity of a, of a Horcrux like changes your mood, changes your emotions, which is why like Ron snaps at Harry. And also like you can tell during the, throughout the film, like Harry like gets super angry at times because they're wearing the necklace. The theory is that the uh, the Dursleys are so rotten because that, you know, the reveal in the last movie, Harry is actually a Horcrux and they spent their entire, almost their entire lives with him. Yeah. And so like you spend, what was it? I think he was 12 or the first 11 years, yeah, 11 yeah. years of, you know, right yeah. next to a Horcrux. Like there's. That's, it makes that's, sense. That would be a reason for that's them a, to be. There are a lot of bad like theories. Actual crappy people. That's a good theory. Also, uh, I'm like also remembering you also lose the sort of, I guess it's not really redemptive, but it kind of adds a lot more to the, um, oh my gosh, I'm spacing on the name, uh, Dudley's mom. Because you miss out on that oh, whole, yeah. like how the only reason she didn't like the whole magic and sorcery is because she didn't have it. Like she wanted it and she didn't get it. Yeah. Is it She's, Petunia or is that the end? Yeah, yeah, Petunia. Yeah. Petunia. Um, also, uh, Remus and Tonks pregnancy and having a child and yeah. naming Harry the Godfather not Does, mentioned at all in the nope. film. Um, Harry and Hermione's dance in the tent, which didn't happen in the book, was just kind like, of weird. Yeah, I got like the point. They wanted to be like, oh, he thinks of her like a sister, and he's he knows that she's sad. But also, when you don't set up for that, then it's just confusing. Yeah, I, <laughs> then I you're like, more, do they actually like each other? You liked it? Yeah, I was more. No, no, no. I was more in the impression of like, this is what a lot of people wanted. They're shipping like, it. Yeah, they, they wanted it. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, it's fine." Like Ron's such a bum, and and this is the chance for Harry to swoop the pretty girl. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's not how it should have gone. That was um, a little weird. No Dumbledore weird. backstory, really. They didn't which dive, sucks. which is such a good part of the yeah. story. And I thought, honestly, I thought they were going to put it in because they like kind of were hinting at the book, and then nope. Um, <laughs> and then as far as the uh, part two changes, uh, we had. Uh, Harry actually was the one that chose to release the dragon at Gringotts. Um, Percy. No, no. Uh, Hermione decided to do it. In the movie. Oh. In the book, it was Harry. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Percy isn't in the movie at the final battle. Yeah, I mean, we lost him, redemption. like, what, two movies ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the book, Ron and Hermione kiss in front of Harry for the first time. They don't That's kiss true. down in the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, Harry doesn't destroy the Elder Wand. He does in the movie. Yeah. In the book, he keeps he it. He keeps it, or he fixes his wand, and then yeah. he puts the wand back in Dumbledore's grave. Mm-hmm. Um, so some big changes there. I think ultimately what it comes down to for me is I love using the phrase "for me" in the Bracketologist podcast. That's what I'm it comes always, down my to. <laughs> for me, this is what I would say: I don't like cliffhangers. When I'm when I go to the movies, I want mm-hmm. conclusion. Yeah, and. Just like it was an uphill battle from the start for part one because it was going to have to cut off this story in the middle. At some point, yeah. Uh, I do like that it's got a little bit more of ebbs of highs and lows compared mm-hmm. to part Part two is just like literally it's just a battle the entire time basically. Yeah. Um, but I still think you have to go part two because it is the conclusion 
I think the most emotional I've ever gotten in the entire series is probably when he's talking to all of the dead when he's using uh, the stone to bring them back. Also, this is like Snape's redemption. So, I mean, which is wonderful. (laughs) So, I think we can agree on this one. Deathly Hallows Part 2, which is our number one overall seed, is going to advance. All right. Number four seed. The Half-Blood Prince. Yes. Versus number five seed, The Chamber of Secrets. These on Rotten Tomatoes actually had the same percentage. I chose to put Half-Blood Prince above Chamber of Secrets, and this was only due to my personal preference, but it sounds like you may have an argument against it. No, actually, that's my favorite movie. Out of okay. the, It's the only one when I was watching them that I said out loud, this is the best Harry Potter movie. Hands down. I mean, okay, so so much stuff happens in the Half-Blood Prince. You, I feel like that's when that's the most time that you get to see on screen of Dumbledore and Harry together, and you actually start to see, I mean, they have to rush a little bit because they didn't really do their due diligence earlier, but like you really start to see like, oh, there's a bond. And it's not just like teacher student. It's almost like grandfather and grandson because they're just like so close. And the death scene is amazing. Uh, it's just, there's a it's lot, the best movie. There's so much that happens. There's a lot that I love. I mean, this is the last movie that takes place mostly at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do get the final battle that's basically almost all happening at Hogwarts, yeah. but it's it's not school. Exactly. This is still school. It's a battlefield, yeah. And it's still... You get Quidditch, and you get the whole uh, Harry tricking Ron into being awesome mm-hmm. as the keeper. Um, you get really just, I love when he actually gets to take the the lucky, the oh, yeah. Fe- Felix, Felix uh, Felices. Yes. Felix Felices. Uh, and that whole scene where he just completely changes his mood. And <laughs> oh, he's, it's so and, great. And uh, the giant tarantula <laughs> dies, and he's like... <laughs> Like it's so. uh, There's a lot. Even though it's a much darker Mm -hmm. film than earlier films, there's a lot of fun moments in Mm -hmm. this film, and you still get the great action. You get the ending sequence again with Dumbledore dying, but also them getting or trying to get the Horcrux that ended up not being Horcrux. I feel like this is the movie that you get to see the most of like Voldemort's like his personality because you're going through the past, but it's the first time like you always hear people say, "Oh, he's the greatest, he's the scariest, whatever." But this is the first time that like after seeing him from a child to like grow up, that you're like, "Oh my gosh, no, his ego is so big that at this point he j- he's just stupid. Like he's just yeah. assuming these things aren't happening cuz there's no way anyone could." Right. But I mean, which I just think is awesome because you don't really get to see that in any of the other movies. So, uh Half-Blood Prince, the only issues really with this one um, they don't talk about at all that Harry, after Sirius dies, that he inherits Grimwald Place. Mm-hmm. Um, the Burrow attack, which was a cool scene in the movie, did not happen in the book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they didn't talk at all about Lupin and Greyback's history, that Lupin literally is a which werewolf because of Greyback. such a miss out. <laughs> um, and then lastly, um, Harry's actually the one that hid the novel in mm-hmm. the room of requirement. Yeah, not, and Ginny wasn't not, with him. Uh, not Ginny. The only thing which I used to say Guinea all the time. And then Ugh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, real quick, Chamber of Secrets, there weren't really any major changes. This is probably mm-hmm. the best adaptation. Like the biggest one is like in the book, the it was painted red on the wall. It wasn't blood. Yeah. Um, but like mostly it was a pretty good transition. Also, on the only movie with a competent defense against the dark arts teacher. Chamber of Secrets? Yeah. Isn't that the one with no. no, that's the next that's, one. Oh my gosh. He, he's yeah, the worst. Chamber of Secrets, he's the worst. Uh, he's faking everything and oh taking everyone's bottom of the I barrel. I completely mix those up. Oh, wrong notes. This is the one that like makes Snape look cool. Like when they're doing the uh, training 
and he's like, oh, Professor Dumbledore, let me do this yes. or whatever. Yeah. And then this is the only time that like I feel like everyone was like, even Harry was like, oh yeah, Professor Snape, get him. Yeah, because he was like, really this good. guy's an idiot. I'm going to show him up. Oh my gosh. Um, that was great. Chamber of Secrets, I honestly like the film. Mm-hmm. I love the conclusion of the battle in the chamber where he has the sword and then the phoenix comes and saves mm-hmm. him um, after he, he kills the basilic. Bas- basilisk. 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 Which um, looks amazing. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of things on this <laughs> podcast. Um, I just agree with you that Half Blood Prince is in the conversation for best movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also is one of my favorite books. Um, so for me, I, it's again, for me, uh, easy, easy move on for Half Blood Prince. The uh, only thing I did It is didn't cool that you love, got to meet Tom Riddle, though. The only the thing I didn't time. love about Half Blood Prince was during the movie, it feels like there's like some filter, like, like it's trying to be like old timey. Yeah, it's like a some the grain, grungy. Like, yeah, the grainy grunge. Uh, I, I wasn't a huge. They're fan. trying to depict it's a little bit. We're darker. taking a darker tone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're in a new um, portion of Harry Potter now. But I think that just looks the so next brown. movie that we're going to talk about did a much better job of taking that darker turn because when you're talking about Sorcerer's Stone and Chambers of Secret, they're they're kids movies for the most part. I mean, it definitely gets a little more violent towards the end of mm-hmm. Chambers of Secrets, but just overall. Um, it turns with Prisoner of Azkaban both in the books and in the movies. This is also maybe one of the best looking movies. Uh, we're talking Prisoner of Azkaban versus Order of the Phoenix. Ooh, so, I don't agree with that. <laughs> a few things. Um, well, then you might just not be a fan of the director, uh, Alfonso Curion, who has done some amazing stuff like Gravity and stuff like that. Um, that he did movie. Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, I just think that this story, as a standalone story mm-hmm. by itself, has so many twists and turns and is so well put together that I just absolutely love Prisoner of Azkaban, both the book and the movie, but specifically the movie because I thought um, they just did an excellent job with the time travel aspect. Um, The visual of actually getting seen the Marauder's Map after reading about it was awesome. Um, And I just love that film. Mm -hmm. Order of the Phoenix is long. It's... I hate Dolores. Just hate her. She's the best villain, though. Yeah. Like, it, she's the only one, like, both reading and watching the whole time. I'm like, I want to kill you. Like, the, like I have no sympathy for you whenever anything bad happens. It's just almost unwatchable terrible. for me, though. Uh, like, because I'm like, like, I don't oh. want to watch you anymore because I hate you that much. Oh, like, such a good that, She's scary. That's what makes Voldemort, it a great honestly. villain. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think Wait. she does more torture than Voldemort does. Like that, I get to firsthand see because he like he kills people, but you don't ever feel bad about yeah. it. She like cuts into students' hands repeatedly. So are you here to argue Ooh. that Order of the Phoenix no. is a better movie? Uh, I don't think it's a better movie, okay. uh, for sure. But I do think I feel like Prisoner of Azkaban was the first movie that you really felt the weight of having to play catch up with different aspects that they didn't include before, which I think sort of lessen the quality of it in the sense of like they had to like put in all this extra stuff and they left out a bunch of stuff but like I mean at that point they kind of dug themselves into a hole and they kind of had to yeah. just so play catch up let me ask you this this mm-hmm. question this is kind of an overarching question yeah what are your feelings on the game of Quidditch mm-hmm. and do you enjoy it do you enjoy watching it on the movie did you enjoy reading about mm-hmm. it I I enjoyed reading and watching it but it depended on the book like if there was other stuff going on it was frustrating because I would rather get to like the important stuff, but mm-hmm. whenever it was like, you know, applicable to the story or whatnot, or it was just showing like, hey, normal life, then it was enjoyable. Okay, because um, Prisoner of Azkaban, the biggest change from the book is mm-hmm. that they did not show that Gryffindor actually won the Quidditch Cup. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. there wasn't much Quidditch at all in that movie. Um, they also didn't really do any of the backstory on the Marauder's Map. Which, yeah, which was, was so sad. 
Um, now, Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. the entire movie had no Quidditch in it, mm-hmm. which is it's such a part of what's going on. And then, like, Ron and Hermione and Harry are literally banned from playing Quidditch. That's part of the book. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, it's the big struggle yeah. at Hogwarts. Um, Ron and Hermione are also prefects mm-hmm. in Order of the Phoenix. Completely left out, yes. which I thought was, because then it kind of gets rid of the whole, like, well, he feels like it by himself, which I will say, I think that movie did a great job at showing sort of, like, Harry being angry all the time. Mm-hmm. I thought that, like, it was frustrating to watch because I'm, like, quit being angry, but also I thought it was just really well but shown. I also thought that, it was almost an impossible task mm-hmm. for the film because so much of that book is his internal struggle, yeah. which you can't really do very well in yeah. a movie because mm-hmm. you, you're not going to do suddenly a voiceover yeah. inside <laughs> his head talking to him the entire time. Um, I mean, the, I think the hardest thing is like, I think, so my favorite thing about both of these is Sirius Black. Um, and you have the Prisoner of Aspen where you get to meet him for the first time. Mm-hmm. But then you have the Order of the Phoenix where you get to watch Harry lose him. Yeah. Which very emotional. Is such I mean, a you gripping lo- death. You Harry loses someone and they die starting with Goblet of Fire all the way yeah. through. Yeah. Oh at the God. end of every film. Mm-hmm. Um so like the emotional stakes are definitely higher by the end of Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I just think as a film and again, it was also I think the longest book or the second longest book. It's really long. Yeah. Um, if anything, they should have split that into. Yeah. There, it's just, things, sure. it's yeah, honestly it's just is a little bit more of a slog to get through. Where I feel like mm-hmm. I can rewatch Prisoner of Azkaban all the time. Like if you if you show me like, oh they're about to do the time turner and they're about to like go mm-hmm. back, or like we're about to go to the Shrieking Shack for the first time. Like <laughs> I'm just I'm in till the end of the movie. I love it. And I, that whole story and like. How like Peter Pettigrew is showing up on the map, and oh then how gosh. that ha- like how they tie everything together, mm-hmm. and then how you think Sirius Black is the enemy the whole time, and then at the beginning, and then you're like, oh, Lupin turned on everyone, and like you say, said, Lupin, best defense of the dark arts teacher yes. that there is. Oh, only the only competent one. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only teacher as far as I'm concerned. I will say, I think the Prisoner of Azkaban was one of the first ones too that it felt like it wasn't so easy. Like I feel like for the first two movies. It was just like they hand fed you. It was never like we always knew what was going to happen when it was going to happen, regardless of if you read the books or not. Yeah. Like they just they in, hand, like they just placed it in front of you. You yeah. didn't have to like sort of piece anything together yourself. And well, I feel like, like Sorcerer's Stones, like, and we'll talk about it, but like yeah. that they defeat a troll. Like these eleven year olds just defeat a troll because he just happens to like <laughs> yeah. drop the club on his head. Like, I feel on. like <laughs> I feel like yeah. The, this fe- seems more even out to like, oh, the real world and how hard it would actually be for a yeah. child to fight. But it was like. so fun too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you have the, you have you know them transforming into animals, that mm-hmm. whole aspect of things. Yeah. And, and the, the dementors. The dementors were scary. Oh, it was like that scene that in the train. Great. Like you're like, all right, we're going dark. So good. Okay, Ooh. we'll get we'll talk yeah. more about that okay. because that's advancing. <laughs> Our three seed goblet of fire versus six seed sorcerer's stone. Mm-hmm. This is another easy one for me. Um, I think Goblet of Fire advances. It's just mm-hmm. way more fun. Um, and again, those first two movies are just a little bit too kitty gloves yeah. for me. Um, I will it's say great. Though, I love origin stories. Yeah. And I, I, I love that aspect of mm-hmm. it. Um, it's also one of the shortest movies and one of the shortest books. Mm-hmm. And there's just not quite as dense. Whereas Goblet of Fire, you just have so much going on. I will say, like, I think the the plus for, like, Sorcerer's Stone is it's, I mean, A, it's Obviously, like the fir- it's nostalgia. It's the first time you get to meet like this whole magical world, and you're seeing like. I also feel like it kind of sets the tone of like this is kind of what it felt like. You know, Voldemort is gone. Everything is happy and great, and this is kind of the. I feel like this is the mindset 
that multiple people stay in and it affects like other movies like it's why people don't aren't quick to believe that oh he's back because they've been in this mindset the whole time right and if like every movie had been this mindset it would be like oh we don't believe he's back either yeah kind of thing it's like it's a much happier movie mm -hmm. yeah um which i love uh, a couple things from this movie. Uh, really, the main thing is in the book, Voldemort dies because he leaves Quirrell's body, mm -hmm. whereas in this one, Harry kills him because yeah. of the love of his mother. Um, <laughs> which is interesting. Which is interesting. And then <laughs> Goblet of Fire, it's a pretty long list. Mm -hmm. um, they don't really touch Percy's betrayal of yeah. going to the ministry. I mean, honestly, this is kind of when he's gone. Like, yeah. he's... <laughs> um, Dumbledore, he was, just, he was just a dick to Harry about putting his name in the cup. And he was really calm about it in the book. Yeah, which and like, was hilarious. Because he, Dumbledore's a smart dude. Yeah. He knows Harry wasn't able yeah. to do that. Um, Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire, Harry? <laughs> yeah. Dumbledore. There's literally a gif. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's it's literally a gif. so funny. It's, uh, a, okay, Dobby was the one, which I know neither of you are huge fans of Dobby, but mm -hmm. he's the one that gave Harry the gillyweed for the second task in the book. Mm -hmm. It he, wasn't Neville. I will say this yeah. is his redeeming, this yeah. is his redeeming moment. Um, and then lastly... Um, they don't touch that Harry gave his winnings away to Fred and George so they can mm -hmm. start their shop uh, yeah. from winning the cup. Yeah. Um, this, I, I, it's Goblet yeah. of Fire. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is the movie that changes the whole, like, this is like, oh, it's real. Voldemort a, actually is scary. He's not just, just like died. some figment. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. And you don't even, like, even without being connected to Cedric, you're still really sad at the end. And yeah. the speech at the end is great, in my opinion. So. The tasks are fun as hell. Yeah. Um, they did fall off by the end. I feel like they really, the maze, they kind of like muffed it up. Yeah. But They're like, we still, don't need to spend too much time on yeah. this because we're about to do the end scene in the graveyard. Yeah, which I like, get. Yeah. It's fine. Ran out of time. Whatever. Um, okay. So our final four is uh, the movie four, six, three, and the second part of the last book. So we have Deathly Hallows part two. That's our one seed versus Half-Blood Prince, our four seed, and The Prisoner of Azkaban, our two seed versus our three seed, The Goblet of Fire. So we had no upsets. Mm -hmm. Rotten Tomatoes got it right, at least for the first round. But I think we're going to have... Um, disagreements now. We might have some disagreements between us, and we're uh. definitely going to have some disagreements <laughs> with Rotten Tomatoes. Um, oh okay, Deathly Hallows Part Two versus Half-Blood Prince. Um, I think this one we will agree on. Yeah? I'm going to have Half-Blood Prince in yes, the Yes, I'm that so glad you choice. said that. Oh, it's such a um, good movie. <laughs> Deathly Hallows is just, it's just a pure battle the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, there's not as much... Death. I mean, yeah. they're concluding the whole series. They have they built up to this big battle. Yeah. I mean, the book built up, all the books built up to this as well. I just think you get more from Half Blood Prince. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's a little bit more rewatchable because it's not quite as dark. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it has its it's got its light times, it's got its dark times. But you're still at the school. You're still having fun. And the main thing about Harry Potter, which is why I think um, Fantastic Beasts struggles a little bit more than these, is mm -hmm. that. Hogwarts and being in school and that aspect of of learning to be a witch or a wizard is what makes the Harry Potter story, which is why so I think Half-Blood Prince will just, it's just more fun yeah. and more rewatchable. Yeah, no arguments there for that at all whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So let's have uh, Half-Blood Prince advances, and now we're going to have a blood war, I think, here between these. Um, oh, Prisoner of Azkaban versus Goblet of Fire. Um my favorite book mm -hmm. is Goblet of Fire. Yeah. But I think my favorite movie is Prisoner of Azkaban. And I know you disagree about Prisoner of Azkaban as far as it being your favorite. Mm -hmm. But in this matchup, what yeah. do you think? I mean, I think I have to go Goblet because this is when it, th in my opinion, this is when it gets dark. 
Like, this is when Voldemort is real. He's not just a figment of whatever. Like, he actually kills somebody, and he actually becomes, like, a threat. Because up until this point, he doesn't even feel like a villain. Like, he feels like, oh, he's not even there. Which, I mean, he kind of is, but it just it doesn't feel scary. It doesn't feel real. There's no risk. And I feel like all the risk comes in with Goblet. I mean, there's a lot in Goblet that I hate. Like, I could do without the whole, the whole romance, honestly, in the book, too. But... There's just so much that this sets up for everything going forward. And it didn't really have to play any catch up, which I think is sort of unfair because it, you know, whatever. But I think it makes it a better movie. I think it's visually one of the best ones. The CGI is for sure amazing in it. Like, yeah, I would have to say, I would have to say Goblet over Prisoner for this one. So there's not enough pluses on Prisoner list for mine. My. My counter to that is we mm-hmm. just discussed how school is the best part of this and mm-hmm. them learning to be witches and wizards and not the game itself of yeah. the Goblet of Fire, whereas like you still get a lot of classes and you get Quidditch. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just and I think I want to completely flip what I said earlier. I think Prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite book because... It's a little bit of a quicker read, it's, mm-hmm. but it's still dense, and it's yeah. a really great story. And I, I think it is a perfect – it's one of the perfect stories of the modern – You yeah. know, I mean, honestly, com- if we were doing the books, I think Prisoner would win in a heartbeat. Like, I think Goblet was a trash book. Oh, wow. Okay, not trash. I love I love all the books, That's but in, if I had to rank it, trash book. Okay, so this is what I'll do. Okay. Um, I'll agree with you, and we'll have Goblet of Fire advance. But. I think Prisoner of Azkaban – is a near perfect book. It is a slightly flawed movie, even though I really like it. I think it is the clear third best movie out of all of them. I yeah, think I would if, agree with that. If this was up against Deathly House Part Two, it would have won. Oh, in a heartbeat. Um, but Half Blood Prince and Goblet of Fire feels like a really good championship match for the movies. Justin, what do you think? I am a big Prisoner of Azkaban fan, just because, like, yeah, one like. Alfonso Cuaron, yep, kind of putting this this new spin of like this dark film and setting up an awesome like what you thought to be was a villain but really isn't and so like that was kind of your first uh, like plot twist that you get in the Harry Potter world so far. Um, I guess like Voldemort being part of Quirrell was a plot twist and stuff like that, but uh, but Sirius Black being the main villain and then turning into be Harry's godfather who. They, you know, form a relationship, of a loving relationship there. That was, like, one of my favorites. I will say I, as a kid watching the movies, Goblet of Fire was my favorite because that's the movie I fell in love with, Emma Watson and Hermione, and I was like, <laughs> she's so gorgeous. I would I would love to marry this girl, and she's so magical and cool. Um, but as I got older and rewatched it, definitely Prisoner Azkaban is my number one. Yeah, it's it's really close matchup. Um, and like you said, we both like the book maybe a little bit better than The mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire um, as far as Prisoner of Azkaban. But the actual competition is a lot of fun. Plus the whole – we haven't even talked about the first 30 minutes of this movie when they go to the World Cup of Quidditch mm-hmm. is, uh, is a blast. Oh, man. And the opening for this movie, I love that it wasn't like Harry because all the ones have been like at the Dursleys. I loved that it started in his dream. I thought that was great. And you got to see, I mean, it was a lot greater in the book, honestly. But <laughs> it was still really, really good. Um, 
is okay. Let's go to our championship. So yeah. I, I have questions about these, and I'm trying to refresh my memory on exactly what we see. Okay. But Half Blood Prince versus Goblet of Fire. Yes. The betting favorite from Rotten Tomatoes is Goblet of Fire is a slight favorite over this. It was 88%. Half Blood Prince is 83%. Ridiculous. Um, you have Half Blood Prince as your favorite movie. So oh, yeah. Let's give that argument. Is Does Voldemort actually make an appearance in this film? No. Uh, okay, Tom Riddle does. I'm trying to remember. I mean, you get Tom Riddle on the flashbacks with Slughorn, but you do you know. actually get Voldemort in present day? I know you have yeah. him knowing that his Horcrux was taken, mm-hmm. and we get the visual, I believe, of him being like, what just happened? Yeah. But like, do like, we get him meeting with anyone? Do we get him talking? Like, Are there any actual scenes with Voldemort? Oh, oh no, because they cut that out. No, because I think it's no, the focus is Snape and Malfoy from like the you know the dark side. <laughs> that like I think it's those two, and you see lots of Bellatrix. Well, not lots, but whatever. More than some of the other movies. Uh, I don't think you see Voldemort. I don't, you don't see Voldemort. So in that is time. my biggest argument against Half Blood Prince. Okay, is that the overarching villain for this entire series mm-hmm. does not make an appearance, like a real yeah. appearance. Whereas in Goblet of Fire, like you said, this is the thing that kicks it off, and he is back, and he is yeah. back with a vengeance at the end. He's like literally this little thing in the dream at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's dropped into the cauldron, and here he is in all of his power back, yeah. where he's yelling at his minions, and he's kills or has yeah. you know Peter Pettigrew kill. And then you meet Harry's parents. And yeah, that whole like Cedric death. Uh, okay. But I'm here's a, here's my argument. Here's okay. my argument. I, okay. I, I, I see on your face. I'm slowly <laughs> flipping you. Okay, so you don't see the present day Voldemort, but I think I like that you don't because I feel like it nice sort spin. of changes. She's spinning spin zone. <laughs> it, <laughs> it changes your perspective of like Voldemort the person isn't who, what you need to kill. Like that, you can't. First of all, you can't kill it because of all the Horcruxes. I feel like it it shifts it, which sets it up for like you know both the Deathly Hallows because it's like. Okay, yeah, we need to kill Voldemort, but before we can even start that, we have to kill these Horcruxes. And I feel like since those are the main villain sort of in um, Half Blood, and that's the main focus, and that's all you see, it becomes more important to you as a viewer. And then whenever they're hunting in the next ones, it makes it more exciting because you're like, oh yeah, no, we need to get these Horcruxes to kill Voldemort. And it doesn't feel more like a, oh, we have to do this before we can do this other thing. It's like, no, we this needs to get done. So I really like that aspect, and I like how they kind of turned it, but I also do love, like, I mean, this is the war speech. Goblet of Fire is the war speech, which is my favorite part of any sort of, like, fighting movie. It's It rallies everyone up, like, hey, Ministry of Magic doesn't want me to tell you this, but this is how he died. Oh, man, it's just such a good scene. And, I mean, I want to dock at points because of that whole terrible ball scene. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... But you also had, like, in Half-Blood Prince, you have Slughorn's Club that, like, I don't really need that where they're having, like, the dinner party and then Hermione's getting hit (laughs) on by the guy she doesn't want to talk to. Yeah, also useless. um, Uh, I think these are really, really close. Such good movies. Can I go back and move Prisoner of Azkaban in the final? (laughs) I mean, I would vote yes. I think these are both really great. Let's throw them both out. (laughs) I would vote yes. Um, Oh, my gosh. But, uh, Okay, I will also say, I feel like a big dock on Goblet is you lose that whole betrayal 
from Percy and that how it affects the entire Weasley family and how it affects Perry. Perry. Harry. You're about to lose your argument because you can't even get the main <laughs> character's name right. I'm too excited. I'm combining all the words. But, yeah, I mean, which I feel like is a really big portion because that's essentially when people start turning against Harry on the, I mean, they, okay, they, well, they did it for Chamber of Secrets, but this is the whole world, essentially, is against Harry for, I mean, a good part of the movie. And then even when the world isn't against him, I mean, they still think he's a liar. It's just, that's when he's for the first time alone, and I feel like they undercut that a lot by cutting out, like, oh, even the people that he considered family kind of dropped out. This is, this is, Hey, it's the championship. It should be tough. And we right. both love Harry uh, Potter a lot. It's such a good um, series. <laughs> okay. So high point mm-hmm. or high points mm-hmm. of Half-Blood Prince. Probably when Harry has the truth serum and he's going on his little escapade because <laughs> it's just fun. It's so fun. And then also him and Dumbledore going on an adventure together, yeah. which they do at the beginning when they go recruit Slughorn too. Mm-hmm. You get the most, like you said, Dumbledore and Harry, probably the two most important characters in the entire franchise, mm-hmm. together, yeah. most, by far. And you get to actually see their relationship develop. The high point in Goblet of Fire is probably visually, maybe the second task. Um, okay, but yeah. like storytelling wise, the graveyard scene. The last five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then that leads into yeah. Cedric dying mm-hmm. and revealing that Cedric died and then the war speech, you say. Um, I'm going to go Half-Blood Prince. I think I'll agree with you. Um, I just think... I think it's got really good highs and lows. You get you get fun, like, good, like, Quidditch, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, him tricking Ron, like yeah. I said earlier. You get the first, like, kind of... Not the first, but, like, you really dive deep a little bit into ron and hermione and hermione getting a little bit jealous of ron but we don't yeah. dive too much into the romance like mm-hmm. we do it with like the ball it. and goblet yeah. um and then it's just really tough to beat the run and the emotions of dumbledore and harry going and the pain dumbledore has to go through for them to get the horcrux which ends up not being the horcrux mm-hmm. but that whole scene and then leading up to dumbledore making the sacrifice knowing mm-hmm. that it was going to happen and knowing, not knowing at the moment, but then revealed in Deathly Hallows yeah. of like, this was the plan all along. Yeah. But like the emotions you have when you lose Dumbledore. Whereas losing Cedric, while tragic, we yeah. didn't have nearly as much attachment to him. And I just think the emotions you get in Half-Blood Prince, and it's really getting dark at this point. Um, it's just a really solid film. And you, it's like, it's also like, I feel like it's the only one that you actually think for a minute that maybe Malfoy could could switch. Because I feel, I feel like by the end of it, if he hadn't already switched, he wasn't going to switch later. Mm-hmm. But I felt there was that moment. And you kind of get to see how much Dumbledore actually cares for his students because he like goes out of his way to multiple times be like, hey, Malfoy, I know that you got to do this, but maybe don't. Yeah. Maybe don't. <laughs> I also love the room of requirement. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, it's such a cool concept, and such it's a cool concept. Um, and you get it in Order of the Phoenix, obviously, mm-hmm. when you get Dumbledore's army. Yeah. Which, by the way, we just lose Dumbledore's army and like all Completely. that in later movies, like yeah. with the coins and stuff like that. Like they don't do any of that in the films. Which stinks. Um, but like that, Malfoy's using it basically mm-hmm. to train the 
what are they the, called? To fix the cabinet. Yeah, the vanishing cabinets. Mm-hmm. He's training that. That whole that's cool. And then having to hide the half blood. Which we haven't yeah. even talked the title of the movie. The whole like relationship Snape. between Snape oh and Harry, my gosh. which the film doesn't even go into why he's called the Half Blood Prince because right, his which, mom's last which name was, was Prince. such a letdown, honestly. Um, but, but like the, him reading that book and like Ooh. getting the curse that he like almost kills Malfoy with, and just seeing his face like of like because right before I think it was right before that movie, right where he was worried that he was turning into Voldemort, mm-hmm. and then like his face after he did that, which I love that he literally doesn't even do like harming charms throughout the rest of the series because of that moment. Like there's a reason for him not to, whereas people could be like, oh, they're hurting you. Why don't you try to, well, he did that once and yeah. it made him feel terrible. Okay. Uh, so Half-Blood Prince, Half-Blood who Prince. is named after Slytherin, which you are wearing Slytherin and you yes. are a self-declared Slytherin. Slytherin. Got the earrings. Yep. Got the cloak. Yep. I'm Gryffindor all the way. What are you, Justin? Do you know? Pretty sure I'm a Gryffindor. Gryffindor. You gotta go take the test. I mean, I have, and it's Gryffindor. Okay. Gryffindor. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, this was fun. I feel like you were much more prepared for this oh, one. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I really uh, overshadowed my last. <laughs> and you're happy with the result. This was, this I was, so this happy was your with one seed going in? Uh, yes. Like, it's even when I was like going through and rewatching all the movies, I said out loud, which shook my mom, uh, I was like, this is the best movie. Honest, like, I hadn't even seen all of them yet. And I was like, this one is the best one so far. What uh what's your favorite favorite book out of all seven? Oh, that's so tough. I'm okay. It would either be Prisoner or it would be Sorcerer's Stone. Cause I think watching the child acting wasn't amazing, but reading the book, which is perfect, obviously, because she's had hours to write it. Mm-hmm. Uh I just love the description and like, hey, it's you know, like I said earlier, it just opens you up to the whole world of magic to begin with. Origin stories, yeah. getting to, getting yeah. the the picture painted for the first time. But then like seeing him have family for the first time, and I feel like it went so much, obviously it went way more in depth in the books. And so you actually felt the connection, like he has family. Now like, he didn't have family before because he didn't think of the Dursleys as family. Yeah. But now he has it, which I thought was great. <laughs> How did you get introduced to Harry Potter? And did you watch the movies first? And if so, which movies did you see first? Okay, so my grandma loves sci-fi. Like, her TV was always on Sci-Fi Channel 100% of the time. And so she would go and watch the movies, and no one else in my family was interested. So I would go with her. And so I hadn't read the books. I watched the movies first. So did you see the first movie you saw was Sorcerer's Stone? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I watched them in order. I watched them first. And then I took a break. Uh, when I, So when I grew up and they were coming out after I was already out of school. So I think there was a big, a big break. Between, I think Goblet might have been the last one that I saw in theaters, actually, for a long time. And then... Fantastic Beast was coming out, and so it wasn't until then that I was like, you know what? Let's just jump back in and finish watching them. And then you just read the books for the first time. Yes. Ooh, awesome. Powered through them. They were so good. So fresh in your mind, you would yes. say it's between Sorcerers because of the origin story, mm-hmm. but maybe the best later book, once everything's established, yeah. would be Prisoner. Yeah, I think okay. the worst one is probably Goblet. I don't know if it's the worst one. It might be Word of the Phoenix just because of Harry's internal struggle. It was just hard to get through at times. That's true. Um, I just felt like it felt the longest when I was reading. I mean, because it was the longest Goblet, but Goblet felt like it took me the longest to get through. Yeah. And the fact that I have to say get through, I think is what makes it my least favorite. The moral of the story is that the Harry Potter universe is great. And if you have kids or Mm -hmm. if you just want a good story, you should read the books. Um, Absolutely. And watch the movies, which we just talked about. And our champion, Half-Blood Prince. Yes. Thanks for coming on, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Until next time.